Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The week four deep dive preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by... Bet online. The wait is finally over, guys. The triple header of fun is upon us. Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff early. The NBA finals have kicked off and the MLB playoffs are in full swing. You might not be at game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And uh, I'm excited about this game on Sunday. I think the closer we get to it, um, it'll be like I talked to yesterday with, with, with Jacob. Uh, Mummert, it's uh, you know from Colts brawl previewing the game. It just I'm hoping that it's an even kind of matchup. And when I say even, I don't mean two teams evenly matched because that hasn't seemed to have been a problem for the Bears uh, thus far. Uh, it, it's more about uh, even throughout the ball game because you guys heard me detail it with with Jacob. We had these horrible starts the first three quarters against Atlanta and Detroit. And then this amazing fourth quarter where we come back uh, and win the game. And then vice versa for the game against the Giants. We come storming out the gates, touchdown on the opening drive, 17 points on the board at halftime. And then we have to struggle and claw and snatch and, you know, uh, you know, claw our way to, uh, to, to hang on to a victory on the very last play uh, of the game. So I'm very much hoping that, you know, I would even settle for a back and forth uh, Jacob's uh, prediction was 34-28 Colts and you know that sounds a little high as far as the scoring is concerned but that's under the assumption of Trubisky playing in the offense where we're lucky to score 20 points uh, in a game who knows what it's going to look like under under Nick Foles when we scored 20 points in a quarter uh, this past Sunday so um, who knows maybe it could be something like that um, and uh We'll have to uh, wait and see, but I would much prefer something like that as opposed to what we've been subjected to uh, in the first three weeks because I don't know how much more my heart can take with this team and their, you know, uh, Jekyll and Hyde uh, mentalities uh, this year. So got a lot to talk about. We got news and notes. We got keys to the game. Let's go ahead and get it started. It's the week four preview episode of the Bearstalk Underground, so let's get to it. It is already time to close out the first quarter of the 2020 campaign. You know, it just felt like it was going to take forever to get here. I mean, with the pandemic and the basically life being slowed down to a crawl, it didn't feel like football season was ever going to get here. And then it finally did. And here we are closing out the first quarter of the year this Sunday when the Bears and Colts butt heads at Soldier Field. What's going on, everybody? Larity back for the week four preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Uh, enjoyed the discussion with Jacob Mummert uh, yesterday, previewing the uh, matchup, bringing in our Colts guy, if you will, uh, to get us ready uh, for the matchup. And we got this, uh, this deep dive to close things out. Uh, close the book on the preview, get you guys ready for Sunday between the Bears and the Colts. And as you heard me tell Jacob, it was not me just pandering to my guest. It's absolutely the truth that, uh, you know, if I had to pick an AFC team that I that I root for, it is it is the Colts and has been for quite some time. Um, like I did, like I said, with um, 
my buddy Simmons uh, that I've had on the show a couple of times, um, most recently for the uh, during the off season, we did the top ten sports movies uh, podcast uh, together, and it just it's you know the Bears were terrible when we were in college uh, together. The Colts were always right in the thick of things, deep playoff runs, uh, you know, a lot of success in the in the regular season things like that and you know of course Peyton Manning in my opinion the greatest quarterback uh to ever play the game at the helm just being masterful one one week after uh the next made for a lot of fun watching as far as football was concerned and with Simmons being a big fan I kind of got hooked into it uh with him so this matchup is uh you know a meeting of my two favorite teams and uh it's it's in a way uh, I, I guess I can't lose. Uh, you know, one 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 team losing would hurt more than the other. That's for sure. Uh, but it's always kind of been a bittersweet thing when the Bears and the Colts uh, get together. So, but it is a matchup that I'm looking forward to for many reasons. Number one, uh, we got Nick Foles as our starting quarterback, and I think myself, along with anyone who can hear the sound of my voice right now, very interested to hear how that's or to see actually how that's going to look on a 60-minute basis versus the uh, relief pitching duties that he pulled on Sunday against the Falcons. So, you know, what is that going to look like? What will the Nick Foles offense look like? And have we been spoiled already as to what we think it's going to look like because of his heroics this past Sunday against Atlanta? You know, do, 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 are we expecting too much? For him to come out and for the offense to just roll right over the Colts uh, on Sunday, uh, you know, thinking that he'll make it look as easy, just as easy as he did uh, in Atlanta, especially since he's had a full week. He's taken all the starter reps and all that kind of stuff in practice. Uh, you know, can he come out and just be the can our offense finally be the well oiled machine? We've been waiting for it to be under Matt Nagy. So, uh That'll be one of those other th one thing that we're looking for. Number two, uh, statistically anyway, we have the number one defense in the NFL coming into town. This is also, as I stated a couple of times yesterday, the first team that we face this year that's got a victory under its belt already. You know, not only do they have one, they have two, which means they're a winning team uh, right now coming into Soldier Field uh, on Sunday. So... Not only do we have Nick making his first start as quarterback, he's making it against the top defense in the league. And what's that going to look like? Will the Colts be able to build off of their two victories uh, after losing to Jacksonville week one? You know, they had two dominant performances back to back. They absolutely shut the Vikings down week two. And then last week uh, against the against the Jets, you heard me say, you know, it's it, it, on one hand, it's not a big deal that you beat the Jets. The Jets are the worst team uh, in the NFL right now. But when you're playing the worst team in the NFL, the final score, 36 to 7, that's what it's supposed to look like. And so for the Colts to actually do that and the defense got another safety. They had a safety last week against the uh, uh, two weeks ago against the Vikings. They got another safety against Darnold and company this past uh, Sunday they look ferocious, and they, we've got that coming into town against uh, against Nick Foles uh, and the uh, and the offense. So, very. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So, whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. interested to see how that's all going to uh all going to turn out then you know it's the the frank reich versus matt Nagy thing and uh you know frank reich having the history with nick Foles, same as Nagy does and uh and everything else so it's uh there's a lot of scenarios and storylines and everything folded into uh this one not to mention it's a three and oh versus two and one 
uh, matchup between two teams basically trying to erase a uh, less than favorable 2019 season uh, from their memory and from their fans' memories, you know, trying to have good 2020s to make up for what was a disaster on both sides in 2019 uh, last year. So let's go ahead and get into our news and notes before we do our uh, deep dive on the off uh, on the on the ball game itself. Um, of course, as we all know, sadly, uh, Tariq Cohen is done for the year uh, with the uh, ACL injury he suffered on Sunday against the Falcons. Uh, the Bears' corresponding roster move uh, after putting Tariq on the IR was to promote Artavis Pierce uh, from the practice squad. Artavis is a running back, I believe, from Oregon State and um, you know, was an undrafted rookie free agent that we brought in. He made it into... You know, did well in, in uh, training camp, did not make the final roster, but was signed immediately to the practice squad. And uh, now he'll get a chance to uh, to make it count on the uh, the main roster. So I'm interested to see what the Bears are going to do with him, if anything, uh, because um, well, I don't know what his his past as a special teamer uh, has been, but that's kind of been the other underlying conversation this week for the bears is that uh, we don't have a punt returner right now because uh, cordero patterson flat out said yesterday i don't return punts so i guess we can forget about that uh other candidates uh anthony miller um eddie jackson uh ted ginn was a punt returner you know but he's also in his 27th year uh in the league and i don't know if we want him back there doing that so it's like who is our punt returner going to be you know, it's like I would prefer that it not be Eddie Jackson. Um, you know, God knows we don't need him getting hurt. Number one, he's Eddie Jackson. Number two, he's uh, one of the best safeties uh, in the league. And number three, he's the highest paid safety uh, in the league. And uh, I don't want the Bears leading the league in money on the IR. So let's not do that. Let's not put Eddie Jackson back there, even though he might be fantastic. Uh, as a returner he was a a great returner in college uh, at Alabama but he also had problems with injuries uh, at Alabama uh, as well so we don't want him uh, kicking that off again because you know the Bears found out the hard way how important Eddie Jackson was when we were missing him in that wild card game against Philly back in 2018 the the difference he could have made in that game is uh, uh, we'll never know but you know, interested to see what role, if any, Artavis Pierce is going to play uh, on Sunday against the Colts. Um, you know, is he going to have any kind of role for Tariq Cohen, or, or is he going to just fill a roster spot and help out on special teams? And then Ryan Nall is going to, you know, fulfill a role in the offense that uh, you know Tariq Cohen left behind uh, this year. So. And like I said, I don't know who our punt returner is going to be there. Like I said, there are several candidates on the board. Maybe Artavis Pierce has been practicing that uh, this week. And, uh, you know, we'll see who it is. Um, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. But did, was Darnell Mooney a returner in college? I mean, I don't I haven't read anything up on that uh, this week to see if maybe he would be up for it. Um, you know, he's been making fantastic progress as a receiver so far in his short four three game uh career and i don't know if we would want to risk putting him on special teams uh to to do that but um speaking of uh of, of running backs and and such the bears actually worked out four running backs uh this week you know looking for i guess a veteran uh replacement for uh Tariq cohen uh of the four running backs the the top name on the list was lamar miller uh, played for the Dolphins, I think most recently for the Texans. Guy's been around the league, and he's been productive uh, as well. I think injuries have kind of hindered his career as far as finding a home uh, on a team. But when he's been healthy, he's been a very good running back. And uh, as of yet, the Bears haven't signed him, but they brought him in for a workout on, uh, I believe, Tuesday, their off day. And uh, like I said, he was kind of the headliner among the names that were in town uh doing the workout so keep an eye on on lamar miller maybe the bears are bringing him in uh as well also keep your eyes on snacks harrison um the way the bears have been kind of getting gashed in the run it's obviously we have a giant hole 
in the middle. Uh, Bilal Nichols, God bless him. Uh, he is a stud uh, defensive tackle, but I don't think he's a man in the middle. That's the role he's playing right now. He is playing nose tackle in, in place of, uh, of uh, Eddie Goldman, who uh, opted out uh, for COVID uh, this year. And, um, you know, f- pardon me for saying, I think, Eddie, uh, I think Bilal is just a little too light in the ass uh, for, the, for the job. You know, he's not a dump truck like, uh, like Eddie Goldman, and um, it shows at times in the running game. And uh, that's going to be a big key for this game uh, when we get to that a little bit uh, later on. We've been getting gashed by literally everyone we've played so far this year in the running game at one point or another, so we're really going to need to shore that up. And, uh, you know, Snacks Harrison has, has been doing, like, his visits this week. I don't know if he's visited the Bears. I don't think he's visited the Bears yet. I know he was supposed to visit Seattle. Um, uh, there was a Twitter exchange between Cordell Patterson and Snacks Harrison asking him when he was going to come visit. And he said he was going to come to Chicago after he visited the first team, which was Seattle. So uh, we'll see what happens there. So keep the eye on on Snacks Harrison, um, who was, you know, with the Giants. Uh, I, I don't remember who he was with because I know he was a big free agent signing for the Giants. Then he got traded to uh, the, the Lions, I believe, in 2018 and uh, was unhappy last year with you know was like openly talking about retirement at the end of 2019 when the lions uh released him and now he's a, a free agent and i guess he's had a change of heart he's only 31 so you know he's on the wrong side of 30 but uh you know i guess he wants to play so he's been looking around uh, at teams and hopefully the bears are on his list of uh destinations because we could definitely use the help up the middle, get Bilal Nichols back on the outside where he's uh, where he's much better at rushing the passer and, and things like that. So uh, keep your eyes on that. Keep your eyes on Lamar Miller. Keep your eyes on Snacks Harrison possibly joining the fold and helping us out in our uh, run defense because that was something when he joined the Lions, all of a sudden they went from a swinging gate uh, of a run defense and like his one of his first games in a Lions uniform was against the Bears and poor uh poor Jordan Howard had like you know 18 carries for 21 yards in that game against the Lions. I mean they could not run the football against them, but thankfully that was the day that Mitch threw for like 360 and three touchdowns, so we didn't really need the help on the ground that day. So but nonetheless, in both of those matchups, I think Jordan Howard had a grand total of like 30 carries for 40 yards or something like that. I mean, we just could not run the ball against the Lions. Snack Harrison eating up the scenery in the middle was a huge reason for that. So, And uh, last thing before we get to the uh, injury report, uh, on Bleacher Report there was a, um, a, um, a video of uh, Devin Hester talking with, uh, I have no idea who the guy was that he was talking with, but they were like, you know, shooting pool and they were talking about, uh, you know, if Devin is the, you know, the greatest kick returner uh, of all time or a special team or somebody that deserves to be uh, in the Hall of Fame. And he's like, yes, I definitely think so. Um, you know, I think that I should be the first one as far as kick returners um, being put into the uh, into the uh, the Hall of Fame. And he thinks that he'll be a trendsetter to the uh, to the Hall of Fame that it would basically be like the first domino to fall and then you'd see other guys of his ilk being being put in behind him, like maybe a Brian Mitchell, uh, maybe even an Eric Metcalf, uh, who was an outstanding uh, returner, maybe a Mel Gray. These are some of those names where they were synonymous with, with special teams and returning kicks, punts, and, and things like that uh, back in the day. But Devin Hester being the benchmark, uh, of all of those guys, even though he came after literally every name I just said, Devin Hester came after all of them. I think him getting in would open the door for other guys, or at least that's what Devin uh, believes. But the most interesting part of the video that um, uh, for Devin, and I think it was only maybe like an eight and a half minute video or something like that. It's on Bleacher Report. Give it a look. And he talked about Jay Cutler. And at the time that the Bears brought Jay Cutler in, the wide receiving core had a, left a lot to be desired, quite frankly. Um, we, we, got our, we, we drafted Johnny Knox as part of the Jay Cutler trade back in 09, and he was very good for us. He was a good returner, 
uh, solid receiver for a fifth round pick. We got a lot more out of him uh, than we were expecting in his short career. Man, it's such a such a bummer what happened to Johnny Knox. But um, you know, but at the time, you know, Devin had been lighting up the world in 06, 07. when they brought Jay in. That's when Devin had signed his his contract and you know was getting paid top dollar uh, to be now to be a wide receiver and you know to be our kick returner punt returner uh, uh, and everything and um, it's just like they didn't have a a chemistry they didn't have a rapport uh, Jay Cutler is not a social guy you know he just uh, wouldn't do it and he was telling a story about when. The Bears brought in Brandon Marshall about how his relationship with Brandon Marshall was different than it was with everyone else and that, uh, you know, Brandon Marshall wasn't afraid to call Jake Cutler out. And he talked about having a bet with Julius Peppers. And he told Julius Peppers that after they'd had this argument in practice, Marshall and Cutler, that um, I bet you, for you know, I bet you that he'll th- only throw the ball to to Brandon Marshall. And, you know, Peppers didn't believe him. And the bet was for every ball that he throws to Brandon Marshall, you give me $50. For every pass that he throws to me, I'll give you 100 Like, that's how confident he was that we were all just going to watch the pitch and catch between Brandon Marshall and Jay Cutler. And Jay... And the bet got up to $1,000. Like, Julius Peppers owed Devin Hester $1,000 before Peppers finally put an end to the bet. He said 21 passes, which is $1,050 in a row. 21 passes in a row he threw to Brandon Marshall in practice running reps, you know, like running first-team offense and things like that. 21 passes in a row, which makes complete sense because if you go and you look at Brandon Marshall's first year in Chicago, 2012, Brandon Marshall had like 120 catches. The next wide receiver, because the, the next leading receiver after that was was like Matt Forte with like 60, 70 catches out of the backfield. The next leading receiver was Hester with like 39 catches or something like that. So Brandon Marshall had nearly 100 catches more than the number two receiver on the team uh, in 2012 because that's the only place Jay was looking uh, to throw the ball. And... To kind of sum it up, he was saying that uh, Jay Cutler, as far as knowledge of the game, as far as the strength in his arm, you know, uh, the accuracy, thing like that, he thinks that Jay Cutler is the best quarterback that he ever played with. And he's like, but leadership abilities, he was the absolute worst. And I think that that doesn't that shouldn't surprise anybody, you know, because that's basically been the book on Jay all along is that the guy's an amazing quarterback. He can throw the ball. He can, you know, he knows the the game. He can read defenses and things like that. Maybe at times a little too confident in his arm. I know we as Bear fans know all about that with him trying to trying to muscle it in there at times when he shouldn't have. But, you know, all the things, you know, and that's why that discussion, you know, was, was had, um, or at least I wanted to anyway, during the pandemic. And I, I couldn't at the time, but um, was, um, you know, I put it online and you guys, it was pretty strange to, to, to watch the vote go down it was like all things being equal. If we could go back and do it all over again, would you draft Mitch or would you keep Jay? Because that was basically those were our choices because we drafted Mitch in 2017, Jay's last year with the team was 2016 and Jay still had I think two years left on his contract when we let him go so would you have preferred to hang on to Jay or let Mitch go or you know or you know not draft Mitch pick somebody else like maybe we should have ended up with Jamal Adams or something like that which is who I wanted in 2017 but um the it was like one I put a poll on Twitter put a poll on Facebook one of the polls was heavily in favor of Jay. The other one was neck and neck, and I think Jay won by a very slight margin uh, on, I think it was Facebook that was the tighter race. But it's like Twitter was like, Jay, forget this. <laughs> you know. And this was before the season started. This was in, and it was in August uh, and everything. It's like Jay, Jay has everything that, that Mitch seems to be lacking at times, you know, reading defense as being – 
you know, having the right touch and accuracy on like deep balls, especially Jay was really good at that and uh, and everything else. But he lacks all of the intangibles that Trubisky has. Trubisky is beloved in the locker room. He's a leader amongst his teammates. The guy works his ass off and everything, but he's missing the production on the field, whereas Jay was the absolute opposite. If the guy could get it done on Sundays, it's just, you know, Monday through Saturday <laughs> left a lot to be desired. It's not exactly uh, kind of like that movie Draft Day where the quarterback Bo Callahan didn't have anybody come to his birthday party. I think Jay would have been like Bo Callahan. It's like he'll kick ass on Sunday, but nobody's going to come to his barbecue on Saturday uh, kind of thing. So um, anyway, I thought it was an interesting story that, uh, you know, Devin put out there, especially with the the bet uh, with Julius Peppers and, you know, getting $1,000 off of Julius Peppers because Jay threw 21 straight passes to Brandon Marshall uh, in practice. All right, let's close this out with the injury report, then we'll get to our keys uh, to the game. Uh, on the Colts side, I was able to dig that up for you guys. Only four names on their list. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr., who, if you guys remember, Jacob Mummert was talking about as having the uh, compartment syndrome uh, in his calf. Uh, has not practiced this week. Most likely will not play uh, on Sunday. I mean, I, you, pretty much that's a certainty uh, right now. Running back Nakeem, Naheem Kind, Nakeem, Naheem, I'm sorry, small print, Na, Naheem Hines, uh, with a shoulder injury, was limited on Wednesday, full go on Thursday. Rocky Sin, a corner for them, has been out with an illness, uh, was limited Wednesday, full go on Thursday, so things looking up there. And then cornerback T.J. Carey um, was not on the injury report Wednesday, limited on Thursday, so maybe this was something that happened uh, in practice. But that's it, just four names on the list for the Colts. Our beloved Chicago Bears, on the other hand, it's it's a it's misleading to see some of these names because one, two, three, four, five of them are on the list because of the veteran day off that they got on Wednesday. Uh, Ted Ginn, uh, Jimmy Graham, Akeem Hicks, Bobby Massey, and Danny Trevathan all skipped practice on Wednesday for the uh, veteran uh, rest days. And they were all full go on Thursday. So just like, why do we have to put this on the injury list? Because the Bears had more guys have the day off on Wednesday than the Colts have on their injury report, period. Uh, then we actually get into the injuries. Uh, Deion Bush has been limited so far this week, uh, both days in practice with a groin injury. Uh, Khalil Mack, still nursing that knee injury, has been limited on Wednesday and Thursday uh let's see uh Tayshaun Gibson had a neck injury but he's been full go so far this week David Montgomery on the on the report with a wrist injury but has also been full go same thing with Josh Woods nursing an ankle injury full participation and uh I think that's everybody because I'm kind of skipping around uh here yeah Gibson Montgomery, Woods, uh, yeah, the only person who hasn't been practicing this week um, was a hamstring injury that Sherrod McManus suffered against the Falcons on Sunday. He has not practiced yet this week, so I don't think he's looking good for the Colts on uh, Sunday. So that fine Irish lad, Sherrod McManus, uh, not looking good. And, you know, I love that guy. He's always been just an awesome special teams player for us. This is his, like – He's he's outlasted everyone so far. He's been on the team since 2012, and uh, you know Lovey's gone, Tressman's gone, Fox is gone. You know, and here we are. This is his you know fourth head coach and his third general manager, and Sherrick McManus is still hanging around uh, on the team. So um, you know, kind of a sentimental uh, favorite of mine. But um, you know, uh, with him not practicing Wednesday or Thursday, he's not looking good for the game uh, on Sunday. So. Much to do about nothing as far as the injury report. Like I said, there are guys on here that have been full go all week long, but they're still on the injury report anyway. And then I said five of the names on this list are on the injury report because they had that veteran day off on Wednesday. So it's like we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven names on this list. And I would say that eight of them don't need to be. 
because five of them are the injury are the non-injury day off rests on Wednesday and they're all full go on Thursday and then Gibson, Montgomery and Woods listed to have injuries but have been full participation. So why are they on this list? So this list should literally be three names long. Deion Bush because he's been limited all week with the groin injury, Khalil Mack limited with his knee injury, and Sherrick McManus out all week with the hamstrings. That should be your list, not 11 names where it's much to do about nothing. So I'm kind of annoyed with the the Bears getting a little overzealous with their sharing as far as the injuries uh, are concerned. But nonetheless, that's going to do it for our news and notes. Uh, let's go ahead and thank our sponsors real quick, and then we'll get to the keys of the game. <laughs> hey, guys, going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors at Bet Online. The wait is finally over, and a triple header of fun is upon us this week. Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff early. The NBA Finals are here, and the MLB playoffs are in full swing. You might not be able to get to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. The show is also brought to you by Manscaped. 2020 has been the year of things happening that are completely out of your control, but there is one thing you can control, and that's shaving your undercarriage. Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to remind you to do so. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer designed to give you a confidence boost through body image. The ceramic blade and skin safe technology are designed to reduce nicks or tugs on your fellas down low, and the Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower, whatever floats your boat. They also just released their Shears 2.0 Nail Kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes tipped tweezers, round point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. The Shears 2.0 Nail Kit also allows you to pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. On their website, you'll also find the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant, and moisturizer. This will help you tame that summer swamp ass with natural hydrators and antioxidants. You'll also find the Crop Reviver, a testy toner that's like having cologne that is designed for your balls. We won't judge you if we watch you sniffing yourself. Yes, we will. We absolutely will. Go to manscaped.com and check out some of these life-changing products. In fact, listeners of this show will get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code armchair. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving the front trunk. And with that, let's get back to our show. Sunday, the Bears host the Indianapolis Colts at Soldier Field, closing out the first quarter of the season. Now, will this be the first one under Matt Nagy where we finish it undefeated? Because uh, the first two, despite how the seasons ended up, started the same way. 2018, we got off to a 3-1 and start. 2019, a 3-1 and start. And it's the second quarter where things went sideways in both uh, seasons. The Bears went 2-2. Two and two. In the second quarter of uh, of 2018, this you know, and inauspiciously starting 0 and 2, uh, coming out of the bye because we had a week five bye uh, in 2018. After that amazing game against the Buccaneers, week four, we go on a break. Then we go out on the road in in Miami, which was the disaster of a game. We lost in overtime, and then we had that uh, that knockdown drag out with the Patriots, week seven. So we went from three and one to three and three, and we're at the time, in last place after losing that game uh, to uh, Indy. But then we went ahead and rattled off five straight uh, wins, so we finished off with two more wins in, in the third quarter there, or the second quarter, and then uh, you know went 3-1 and one down the stretch in the, uh, 
third quarter. But, uh, you know, and then last year, of course, we start 3-1. and one. We had that strong win against the uh, the Vikings, and Nick Witkowski is blitzing and doing things. And, you know, Chase Daniel comes off the bench to uh, uh, when, when Mitch gets hurt, and we dominate the Vikings 16-6. to six. We look strong. We look ready. We head out to London. We get rolled by the, by the Raiders. And uh, it's just – then we go on the bye. Then we got smoked by the – by the um, the Saints, we got that 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 game that made me want to destroy my living room against the Chargers and then the Eagles. After that, the Bears went zero and four in the second quarter last year. So that very much, I guess, is where the where the success of this season is going to hinge is how well we enter that second quarter of the season because the Bears' bye week doesn't come till week eleven uh, this year. So we go through the second quarter and nearly the third before we get a break. Uh, this season so no early bye weeks for our beloved uh, this year but can we reverse the trend of three and one starts under Matt Nagy with our first four and oh start with a win on Sunday against the Colts we'll see Um, some uh, interesting facts I I pull these up on the the Yahoo sports app Uh, whenever they show the the matchups they also have these little like random uh, facts and maybe want to share a couple of them with you today um let's see the Colts defeated the Jets last week 36 to 7 with three defensive interceptions for the second straight game um they returned two of those three in week three for touchdowns which is only the third game in franchise history they've had multiple pick sixes the other two were in 1968 and 1970 so it's been 50 years since they pulled it off uh, the Bears are the first team in NFL history to win two games in a single season where they were trailing by at least 16 points in the fourth quarter. Week one against Detroit, week three against Atlanta. This season, teams that trail by 16 points at any point in the fourth quarter are 2-18. and 18. The Bears are 2-0. and 0. Everyone else is 0-18. I love that one. That one's fun. Uh, Phillip Rivers is the first quarterback in NFL history to complete at least 75% of his passes in each of his first three starts. And this is the reason I wrote, I read this Rivers was pressured on 294 of his dropbacks last season, tied for fourth most in the NFL this season. He has been pressured 26 times, third fewest in the league. And the reason that I brought that up, it was kind of alluding to our first key. Uh, to the game on defense is getting to Phillip Rivers, getting to the uh, the quarterback. Now Rivers is a is a veteran. The guy's been around since two thousand uh, and four, so you know you don't stick around that long if you can't handle uh, a pass rush. But just like any quarterback, and you know, we saw it last week with Matty Ice uh, in Atlanta, you get into his face, you you pressure him, make him have to move around and stuff and uh, things like that. The clock will start to run a little bit faster on him. He'll make a decision he doesn't want to make, and the next thing you know, he's making mistakes. He has thrown three interceptions so far uh, this year. I don't know how many of them were against Jacksonville. I think Jacob said two of them uh, were against Jacksonville. So, um, you know, but they lost that game uh, in Jacksonville with those two interceptions. So if we can get uh, Phillip Rivers banged up a little bit in the uh, pocket and get to him, then we can disrupt what the what they want to do in the passing game and uh, force some mistakes so we can get some turnovers uh, and everything. But it's like the the luxury of that offensive line. That is going to be like the key to the game for Indianapolis because their offensive line, you know, will we'll need to protect Phillip Rivers from our pass rush. Uh, one name that wasn't on the injury list that I just read to you guys, Robert Quinn, not on the injury list at all. Uh, where he's been you know on that injury list even though he was a full participant last week he was on the injury list for some reason not at all this week so um, you know hopefully we're getting less of a pitch count with him uh, this week against the Colts and he'll be out there more times than he isn't um, on Sunday so it's like getting after uh, Phillip Rivers disrupting his throwing motion disrupting him period I think will be a big key enforcing some mistakes because uh you know, we saw two interceptions thrown against Jacksonville, and Jacksonville wins that game improbably. And the offensive line will be a big key for the for the Colts in the running game as well. And that's more my main concern with this matchup than anything. 
pretty sure I brought it up when talking to uh, Jacob during the the interview is that it hasn't mattered thus far this year who um, was running the football or who we were playing against, whether they were known for running the ball. or I mean, at Atlanta definitely was not a running football team when when, when we faced them or coming into the game last week. But Gurley had 80 yards rushing. Hill had, uh, you know, that 35-yard touchdown run. It's basically anyone who's wanted success in the running game has been able to find it uh, against the Bears. So uh, defensively, it's not really even so much to – you know, to beware the offensive line for the Colts. It's more about staying in your staying in your lane and, you know, defensively. Everyone has a gap, especially in the in the running game. And what we've been seeing so far out of the defense has been a lot of over pursuit. You know, guys running, you know, running with the running back. And then when the running back cuts back, you're not there. You're not where he wants to, where he's shifted, and that's where he's headed, and and all that kind of stuff. Nobody's filling in uh, the holes. Everyone seems to be where they're not supposed to be, or they're in somebody else's gap instead of being in their own, and things like that. So that gap discipline uh, is really going to be important uh, on Sunday. I mean, the Colts aren't exactly prolific in the running game or anything like that, but neither are the Lions. Neither are the the Giants neither are the the Falcons but they all had good days running the football against us in in the first three Sundays of this season so it would lead us to believe that um, you know if the trend's a trend that uh, the Colts might have a good day running the ball against us if we're not careful so gap discipline being where you're supposed to be in that running game and hopefully the guys up front can eat up some more of the the scenery so Trevathan and um Roquan and everybody can can run free and make some uh and make some tackles so and so that's going to be very important uh for the success because if if we're if we're tough on the run then we are putting it more on Philip Rivers and then our pass rush will have more of an opportunity to get after him Pagano will be able to pin his ears back and go get him uh, kind of thing and that that's the I think that's the spot we want that we want to put them in you know Philip Rivers outstanding quarterback um, I think has a Hall of Fame resume even though unfortunately he hasn't won anything but uh, he's been one of the elite quarterbacks his entire uh, career and um, you know so it's not like it, you know oh well, we just want to put the game in his hands I'm just saying we want to eliminate a facet of their offense and put the game on rivers, which means they'll be passing more, which means we'll be able to get after them and rush the passer, which I think, you know, which we've obviously been much better at than defending the run this year. But in order to get that, we have to defend the run uh, against the Colts. We kind of got to take that out of the uh, out of the game plan for them uh, and get after it. Conversely, our offensive line needs to do a good job of protecting Nick Foles. Uh, on Sunday now the O-line is way better thus far in 2020 than it ever was uh, in 2019 Uh, apparently the gamble on bringing in Juan Castillo and and things like that has been one that's paid off dividends huge dividends for the Bears uh, thus far but we are facing statistically the number one defense in the NFL uh, on Sunday and uh, they've got some they've got two safeties under their belt already uh, this year and uh, you know they, they've got uh, some studs on that side of the ball with Darius Leonard and DeForest Buckner and um, oh the guy from Houston Houston from uh, from Kansas City he's with the Colts now uh, and everything so it's like the, you know we uh, we definitely want to protect Nick Foles so that he can work his uh, his uh, BDN magic out there and uh, help the Bears offense uh, keep rolling you know it, it just uh the, the offensive line is going to be vital uh in this one and uh you know on both sides it's going to be vital for the Colts vital for the Bears not that it isn't in any football game but I think in this one in particular you know the Bears facing the number one defense a team that's uh hot on the defensive side back-to-back games like I just said three picks uh in their wins against Minnesota and uh New York last week two of them went back for pick sixes and uh, and everything. This is a defense that's rolling 
uh, right now. We need to do everything that we can to uh, slow that roll, and our offensive line will be a key element in doing so. And um, let's see, what's, what's, my, what's my third key? I don't know. I think maybe starting fast, starting fast, or, you know, actually, take, I'll take that back. It's it's silly. I it's but this is my idea. Um it, it basically well like I said at the, the top of the show I mentioned it with Jacob uh Mummert was that just you know, play an even game. Let's not uh let's not get behind early. Let's 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 stop it with the fourth quarter uh dramatics on either side because we had fourth quarter dramatics with the with the Giants uh two weeks ago when we got off to that big lead and basically took off the second half and let them back in the ball game. Let's be consistent. I, that's the word I'm looking for. Consistent. We want consistency. Consistency for 60 minutes. You know, let's be a good football team for all 60 minutes, not just the first 15 or the last 15, uh, like we have been in those in those three games uh, so far, where it was just like, hey, ten nothing out of the gates against the Giants week two, and then uh, you know pretty much close to nothing for the rest of the uh, football game half decent second quarter and then nothing in the third or the fourth quarter and we have to hang on for a win and then vice versa for the 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 Col- or the uh, lions and the falcons garbage play for the first three quarters you know just can't quite get anything going and then you know the ultimate fourth quarter heroics at the end and you know like i said uh the the 2 and 0 uh, fourth quarter comeback kings while everyone else in the league is 0 and 18 when they're down 17 uh, in the fourth quarter so um, that's not a sustainable uh, uh, recipe for success we can't keep doing that so I would like to see consistency throughout the four quarters I don't um, you know you hate to say that your team is taking quarters off but as far as you know being even in a consistent football team that's basically what it looks like you know, we we slow out of the gates the first three quarters against Detroit and Atlanta and then had to finish strong and miraculously in order to come away with a win and then vice versa with the Giants. Off to that fast start, you know, offense, opening drive, touchdown, strip sack from the defense right off the books and things like that. And the Giants are on, you know, at the bottom looking up at us and then we spend the rest of the game letting them get back into it. So... Uh, just a more even-keeled 60 minutes where we're consistently good throughout the entire football game when it doesn't look like we're taking drives off or quarters off or or anything like that. Consistency will be the key, especially against this team. This is on, uh, up to this point. This is the best team we're, we've faced, and we got another one coming into town on Thursday. So I would like to uh, to wake up on Friday a four and one or five and zero oh team rather than three and two if uh if we fold against the uh, stiffer competition uh that we've that we're finally facing you know facing three winless teams to start off the year and then we're replacing the colts and the bucks who are currently both two and one right now and then we run into some teams that actually you know have their you know what together and uh the next thing you know we're three and two and everybody's back to putting the Bears in the contender uh, category. So I would like to see us avoid that at all costs. Just give us a good, consistent 60 minutes. Defense, stay in your gaps, especially in the running game and our uh, our pass defense. Get after the quarterback, disrupt Phillip Rivers as much as humanly possible. See if you can't force an error out of him like we did with uh, Matty Ice to seal the game uh, on Sunday. And, um, you know, with the offense, it's uh, protecting with Nick, protecting Nick Foles and uh, the offensive line. It's the offensive line is the key to the game on Sunday. If we can protect Nick Foles, we can open up some lanes for David Montgomery. We should have a relatively good day on offense uh, against this team. So that is all I got, guys. And uh, so those are your keys to the game. And that is your deep dive preview for week number four getting you ready for bears colts and with the upcoming thursday night game 
Schedule's going to be just a little bit different uh, next week. Bear Up and Bear Down is going to come out on Sunday night. I'm basically going to do a knee-jerk reaction, Bear Up and Bear Down, uh, right after the game uh, on Sunday. So that will be up uh, Sunday night, probably before dinner time. Like as soon as the game is over, I'll just sit down in front of my computer and hack one out. And then Monday is when the deep dive review uh, will come out. And um, I don't know what I'm going to do with the preview episode yet because I'm uh, meeting with the Pewtercast guys to preview the game on Tuesday. But that's not happening until late Tuesday night. So I think we're going to have to go old school with the preview episode uh, this week. And we're going to just do it all at once. And, uh, you know, we'll have our interview and keys to the game, news and notes, keys to the game. Uh, one long episode that will be out on Wednesday uh, next week. I think that's how I'll do it. So under these special circumstances, I think that's what we'll do. Uh, I've really enjoyed uh, breaking up the episodes um, and and doing uh, a bunch of smaller ones as opposed to two really long episodes. I've enjoyed doing it that way, and, um, you know, it's been mostly positive feedback I'm getting back from you guys uh, on it as well. And and on on top of it all, Then we're going to have Bear Up and Bear Down on Friday. You'll have a review on Saturday. And then we're going to take a few days off before getting ready for, um, who do we have? Carolina, week number six. So it's like after Bear Bear Up, Bear Down on Friday, uh, the review on Saturday. Probably won't hear from me again until Wednesday or Thursday, actually, the following week. Take Take a little mini bye week of my own as well but you're going to be getting like five episodes (laughs) five episodes next week so you'll be spoiled enough it'll be enough of me to go around to last you uh, until next thursday so anyway keep an eye on the social media at btu underscore larry uh on facebook or excuse me on twitter and you can always join the facebook group bears talk underground uh in on facebook so keep an eye on the social media for any changes but right now That's how we're going to do it. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Come on back on Sunday night for Bear Up and Bear Down. We'll do the full deep dive review on Monday. We'll have the Pewtercast guys and everything. We'll do one big old school show on Wednesday to get us ready for the Thursday night matchup between the Bears and the Bucks on week number five to kick it all off. So come on back on Sunday night for Bear Up and Bear Down. Hopefully it will be a victory Sunday. And uh, we'll enjoy the week and get ready uh, to kick off the second quarter, week five with the Bucks on Thursday night. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been Bears Talk Underground. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.